Welcome to the Bookworthy Podcast. I'm children's author Valerie Fentress, and we are here to talk about kid lit that's good for your kids' hearts and souls. Kid lit ranges from ages birth to teens, so there's a lot of shelf space to cover. Today, we're talking with Sally Cressman. Sally is an award-winning writer who has written children's Sunday school curricula, devotionals, and articles. She's raised three children and served in children's ministry for over 30 years. Today, we are talking about her debut children's book with Wren and Bear Books, Dance, the, the Dance of Easter. Welcome to Bookworthy, Sally. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Valerie. It is my pleasure to have you here. Now, since you have an Easter book and we're in spring, what is your favorite season? You know, um, when we first came to, uh, so I've lived in three different places. I've lived third of my life in Wisconsin, third in Texas, and third in um, uh, Tennessee here. And what I, I forgot about when we were in Houston, it's just summer, like all all year, pretty much. And you might have a week of winter. And uh, But when we came to Tennessee, honestly, I, the spring was so exciting for us. It just things were coming up in this this gradual um, timing and we're like, oh my gosh, you know, here come the daffodils and here come the, you know, the, the Bradford pears and all these different things. So um, for, uh, it was just when we moved here, spring was definitely the, the highlight just to see everything coming to life. And, and we didn't know some of the things that were planted, honestly. So, um, so it was just fun to, to see what was popping up. Yeah. So you've lived in Wisconsin, which is known for winter, and mm -hmm. you've been in Texas. I lived in Houston for seven years, so I, I know Houston. <laughs> and you've lived in, where there's summer most of the year. Yeah. Or humidity, if that's a season in itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Tennessee, where you actually do get some seasons. Yeah. Now, is there more than four seasons in Tennessee? Uh, no, I would say it's pretty good. Um, summer is maybe a little bit longer than I'm used to, um, than what we have like in Wisconsin. Um, but it's, it's a good balance, I think. So we're, uh, when we're recording this right now in, in fall or it's supposed to be fall, but it's still like, I think it's like 90 80, degrees outside degrees out there. So, so yeah, but we, we, we do have the four seasons. We don't get much snow, um, which I, I would kind of like a little bit more, but we, they just aren't prepared for it here. So it's probably a good thing. Yes. What is it? A couple of years ago in Texas, we had what, two weeks of over two feet of snow oh and yeah, Texas just shut down. Yeah. I think there's one snowplow for the whole county or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so, yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sally, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Sure. Um, well, I mentioned I grew up in Wisconsin. So um, I became an avid Packer fan there. So I love the Green Bay Packers. They're actually um, playing tonight when we're recording. So um the, and the town I grew up was very rural, 343 people. So, yeah, it was probably more cows than people. And then um, after college, I moved from there to Houston, a, a drastic change culturally, just everything um, from rural to metropolitan, from winter to summer. So um, it was a big change for me. And um, I had to adjust a lot of different ways, but I met my husband there. We had our three kids there. They're all Texans. So um, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, and then my husband's job brought me here to Nashville. And, um, you know, I'm, we're currently, my husband and I are in the empty nest stage of life. It's this, we're in this relaxing rhythm, even though we're both still working and um, kind of these starting these, he's starting a new career. And, uh, but anyway, my oldest daughter lives near Charlotte uh, with her husband, my middle, my son lives here in East Nashville and they are expecting. So I'm going to be a grandma in February. Um, maybe when this comes out. So I'm like, I'm super excited. And then my youngest uh, daughter, she just quit her CPA job and has just moved to Indiana to go into counseling. So anyway, there's a lot going on right now in our family, but, um, it's just, it's a really enjoyable season of life for us right now. Yeah. It sounds that way. And everybody's keeping busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now tell us a little bit about your book, The Dance of Easter. Sure. It's, um, it's going to be, it's coming out in uh, March next year, 2024 or March, hopefully when this is um, coming out and, um, it's being published by Ren and Bear Books, which is an imprint of uh, Endgame Press. And it's an Easter picture book, and it's going to focus on the, the day of Easter. And um, so it's starting out where Jesus is, uh, nobody knows that he's risen yet. So it's kind of starting out a little somber and and then, but once uh, everybody finds out, creation finds out that he's alive, it all comes to life. And the, the creation and all the creatures, they celebrate the joy of the resurrection. So I've got to see some of the, the illustrations already, and I'm really excited. They look really good, just the animals. And so I'm very excited about it. Yeah. So fun. What was the inspiration for this book? You know, um, I've been a Sunday school teacher for a long time. And um, when, we, when we first started teaching Sunday school, kids knew the stories. They just did. And um, they could answer the questions and they would like they would finish the story for you. And I, I haven't taught in the last couple of years. I've retired from that, but um, I just do childcare now. But um, I've, I've noticed maybe in the last five, maybe to eight years that the kids don't know the story as well. Uh, the, the, the foundational stories even. So there's this, this cultural kind of, um, I don't know, it's seeping in where they don't know the foundational stories. So I really wanted to, to get that out. And um, my, my desire is really for the book to reach beyond the walls of the church and not just the church, but maybe those who come infrequently and certainly for those who do go to church, but also love to get people um, that are outside the walls of the church to read it too. And to just to plant that seed of some truths of, um, of, of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea that, you know, you know, not just the disciples and the guards and the angels were involved, but creation itself knew something exciting was happening. And I, oh, yeah. I'm a big animal lover. So to kind of imagine, you know, how creation is waiting and groaning, you know, not just for that first coming, but it was is still continuing to wait and groan for his second coming too. And so 
I know that's fun. And I can't wait to see the illustrations. The animals are always so cute. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So fun. Um, you said that you wanted to uh, not just communicate within the church, but outside the church. How do you, um, when you were writing this, how did you want this book to bridge that gap between those that are that don't come to church very frequently and those that do? Uh, well, one of the, and I hope this is going to stay, but just the title itself, The Dance of Easter, it was, um, I had showed it to another agent and and um, he had said, not my agent, but someone else I showed it to, and he had said that it wouldn't it wouldn't go over because of the word dance. So, and um, but I really wanted to leave it in because I thought maybe that would appeal to um, people outside the church. Mm -hmm. So right now, that's the unofficial. That's the working title, and I'm hoping they keep it. But I don't know. But um, Anyway, so just the idea and the idea of the animals, they're so cute. And I think the illustrations, so to to tell the story, but yet do it maybe through a little bit different viewpoint of how creation um, really, really did. And then I had a lot of fun looking up different dance moves or different uh, and trying to match that with the animals and maybe what would be natural for them to do. So anyway, it was, it was kind of fun. And um, so anyway, I, I hope they see the fun in it and the joy. And um, so that, that's, that's one way that I'm, I'm trying to maybe bridge that gap. So, yeah. Well, Sally, are you a dancer? I am not. <laughs> I, I tried to get my husband to do dance lessons, but um, we had four uh, dance lessons and he could only make two of them. So um, anyway, yeah, that didn't go over very well. <laughs> you can hear it either goes well or it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And that was a that was a while ago, so I really haven't brought that up again. That's just one of the things you're like, all right, never mind. We've checked it off the list. We've tried yeah. it out, right? <laughs> I did I did have a sister who did ballroom dancing mm -hmm. and she was really good at it. And um I enjoyed watching her and I kept thinking I would love to do that, but but yeah, my husband wasn't on the same page as me as that. So yeah. Dancing is a two person sport, right? Yeah. <laughs> It is. Oh, <laughs> now, Sally, did you always want to be an author? You know, um, I I did not. Uh, I never had a um, a teacher like said, "Oh, Sally, you're you're a good writer. You're going to be a writer someday." Um, I I'm the the book that's coming out is in um, it's in rhyme. And no one ever said like, oh, Sally, you're rhyming, you know, it's really good. So I, I never had any of that feedback. I was definitely better at English than I was at math and science and reading. I love to read. So so that was always um, something. And then when I went to college, I was actually a business administration major. So I didn't really I didn't really write much. I never had any professor like marking up my my um my papers or anything so i i kind of i i'm not sure um 
I always have loved reading, but I think my love for picture books came when my kids were young and I saw their reaction to the books and um, just how they would, they would laugh or they would like, you know, kind of predict what would happen on the next page. Like in Brown Bear, Brown Bear, they, they kind of knew what was coming. And um, so, and then sometimes they would like get a little weepy and sometimes they would just snort, you know, out loud um, if it was just hilarious. So I just loved watching and how that resonated, the books, picture books resonated with them. And then also um, my favorite um, children's book, uh, is You Are Special by Max Licato. And I that book just resonated with me. And then when I would read it, um, because it doesn't mention God in there at all, um, I would read it in the public schools and the teachers in the back would be crying um, just because it resonated with them. So, And so I wanted to, it, something in me was like, man, I would love to write a book like that, where you get that emotional reaction um, from not only the children, but also the the adult. And um, and that one, and of course, his is just a master and is genius. He's just a really good, amazing uh, writer. But then you get some picture books and you're like, well, you know, I could have written that. Although, you know, you realize like it is a lot harder than you think. So um, I think that is kind of where that maybe that C to start writing. But, you know, that was a long time ago. So it, it was a long process. <clears throat> it is a long process. But when did your writing journey actually begin? Um, so uh, overall or the, the children's part of it? The children's part of it. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I probably... Actually, when we moved to Nashville, I had I had a picture book and um, that I took to some conferences and I had a mentor and I had her look at it. And um, <clears throat> I went to uh, an actual one of the workshops and it was um, self-publishing. And um, anyway, they were interested in it. And my husband, and I talked about it. And so we put the money up front. And, um, and then the company folded <laughs> and we never got our money back. And it was, it was, a yeah, it was a, a kind of a tough, um, a tough time for me. And I, like, I quit going to conferences. I quit the, the writing, the picture books. I just put that book away. And, um, and I, I, I did write children's curriculum. I didn't quit writing, but just the, the, the picture book thing was kind of like done for me. But then I kept getting these things in my head and um, just to, to keep writing. And so I went to um, I went back to a conference and they talked about the critique group word weavers. And um, that really helped me instead of me just trying to figure out all the time, like, you know, how to make this better. I had other people that were now kind of pouring in and saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. Or, and so then it kind of got geared up, geared up again. So that was probably six, seven years ago. Um, yeah. So cool. Yeah. Now, uh, the Dance of Easter is written in rhyme. Did that come easy or was that a challenge? You know, I thought I was good at it, <laughs> but I was not. Um, 
And so that was one of the things on the first book they kept saying, you know, you need to work on your rhythm and your meter. And um, during uh, 2020, when everybody was home and we didn't go to conferences or things, I took this class and I can't remember her name. It's Renee. Um, no, shoot. I, I don't remember her name. Something. Anyway, it's a, it sounds like a French name. And um, she offered this this class on rhyming, an online class. So I took it um, and I really learned a lot from it, like the foot and the the meters and, and all these different things, the different types. Um, just And so anyway, I learned a lot from that. And then I would go to conferences. I remember sitting with um, Jill Roman Lord and she would say like, this, this line's really good. This one is not, it's off. And she would show me what was off. And uh, Michelle Madlock Adams was another one. So there are several people that, that I've just kept going to just in, I had to humble myself and ask for help uh, until I got, um, to, I could start figuring it out. But it's hard. It's hard to not only do in rhyme, but it's hard. So it's also hard, harder to do in rhyme and then do a, a story arc with it, make it into a story. So it looks easy, but um, to be good at it, it's, it is hard. So, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, I think of the Venn diagrams where there's, you know, the three different circles, mm -hmm. like you have to have the rhyme and the story and the meter, and they all have to match up perfectly to get your story. And it's like, that yeah. is a, an amazing juggling act. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just so much. I do, I do go, I do have my things edited. Um, and the, the, the editor that I use, the freelance editor, she knows rhyme really well. So I just sent her one not too long ago and Ugh, I just like you think you have it and then someone else looks at it and they're like oh this is off this is off and I mean I just want to like <laughs> so but she was right on a lot of it so anyway it is it's hard and so I'm I'm honestly I'm still learning to do it well but there's something powerful about rhyme and rhythm and picture books that really help a story resonate with young kids it just mm -hmm. kind of kind of hits all the high notes and makes a story kind of stick a little more with young minds and hearts. So that's the power of rhyme, I suppose. Yeah. So my, um, my dad always read Twas the Night Before Christmas, um, Christmas Eve. So that, you know, that rhythm of Twas the Night Before Christmas and all through the house. So I always hear that in my head. And so um, I, I think like just that one, how it just, it just flows so easily. And, um, and you don't think about the rhyming, you're just into the story, you're into the, to the rhythm of the story. And so, um, yeah, when it's done well, it's, they're really good. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Sally, what's been the most impactful book in your life? Um, well, I have to say the Bible and um, other than the Bible. <laughs> uh, so um, there was a um, a book called um, "Believing God" by Beth Moore, mm -hmm. and she also did a Bible study. And, and the Bible study might have been before that, so I I did both. And it was a point. It was the point when we just moved to Nashville, and. I didn't know it, but I felt like God was like really 
saying, I want you to step forward. I want you to believe me in this writing thing. So I I believe he really brought me here for a reason. But I think it was that Bible study and that book that was saying, I, you need to believe me. So come on, let's move forward. Let's stop living in fear. (laughs) Let's just do this thing. All right. And so that one, um, I, it was just so powerful for me. And I still remember the five statements of faith, like God is who he says he is. God can do what he says he can do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ and God's word is living and active in me. And um, those five things, I I usually put up my hand and I have to do them (laughs) to remind myself of, you know, that this is not me, but this is um, God working through me. So, so yeah, that was a really powerful book to kind of push me uh, out of my comfort zone and to to start, start really pursuing this writing career. Yeah. Yeah, That's a little bit of my journey too. You know, it's one of those not believing, I wasn't believing in myself, but more importantly, I wasn't believing God was strong enough to work through me and work in me. And it's, it's a hard hurdle to come over mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what you're doing whether it's motherhood or it's writing or any job out there and just to believe that God can use you is kind of just that hard thing to grasp onto and claim as your identity in all things yeah I mean and once you get the writing kind of you feel good about it well then all of a sudden now you're doing podcasts <laughs> Right. I know. Right. Then you have to step forward again. And so it's all these different things that you have to keep learning and keep putting yourself out there. So it just doesn't stop. (laughs) It doesn't. My goal is obedience. God's in charge of impact, right? Yeah, that's good. That's good. So fun. Well, what can we expect next from you, Sally? Well, um, I I have another book under contract too. Um, So that was supposed to come out. It's also with Run and Bear, which is the imprint under Endgame. I don't know if I mentioned that up front. Um, So that one was supposed to come out March, 2024. But when they moved the Easter book up, uh, it's it's been pushed back and I don't have a date for it yet. But um, that one is a nonfiction. It's also in rhyme and it's for the general market. And it's um, celebrating birthdays around the world. And it will look at um, 10, 10 different countries and how children celebrate birthdays in those 10 different countries. And honestly, that one was a lot of fun to to research and just to talk to people who have been lived in those countries. And so it was a lot of fun, um, fun to do. So I wish I had a date on that, but I don't have a date for it yet, but that um, definitely is, is one that's, um, that's coming. Well, that sounds amazing. I look forward to hearing more about that as you get a, a firm date and all those things, where can people find out more about you and your book, Sally? Yeah. Um, I have a website, Sally Cressman, just my name, sallycressman.com. And so you can find me there. There's a contact on there uh, if you want to contact me. They, um, I also, if you sign up for my email on there, I have lots of different um, giveaways. And so when this comes out, there'll be a giveaway of um, 
uh, eight different Easter devotions for the family, family devotions. And so that if you sign up for the email and then obviously once you do, um, you'll have up to date information about like the next book coming out and other things happening with the, with the Easter book. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram. Those two are pretty active. I'm also on Twitter, not quite as active and LinkedIn. So, um, so yeah, just um, the, those platforms and yeah, I'd love to connect with any of your listeners. So that would be, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, I hope they do reach out and, you know, join your email list for those Easter devotions, as well as just the great books that you have coming down the line. I'm looking forward to seeing them all. Thank you for joining me today, Sally. Oh, thank you for having me, Valerie. Yeah. My pleasure. And thank you for joining Sally and me on this episode of the Bookworthy Podcast. Check the show notes for any books or links that we discussed and let us know in the comments what's your favorite season. Then hit the like and subscribe button to help us discover more great books together. Happy reading.